We're in 1 Peter chapter 3, picking up in verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 8. And uh, I'm so thankful for uh, the word and song this morning. So thankful that we have a God who loves us dearly. And uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm excited for a lot of reasons this morning, but, uh, but I, I just got to bring attention to uh, Miss Kelly Thomas right here. And uh, Kelly Thomas, uh, <clears throat> some of you don't know, a couple of weeks ago, Kelly Thomas had a stroke and, uh, and uh, God's brought her back. And so I'm thankful for what he's done. I'm thankful for his love for you. Thankful for the church family reaching out in, in prayer and uh, just what a testimony to the goodness of God to us. And so I'm thankful for God's love. Hey, I just, uh, I, I'm First Peter chapter three, but, but God loves us so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son. Jesus came into this world not to condemn us, but to save us. And uh, he loves you. I don't know who's here. I don't know who's online, but all I'm saying is all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't deserve his love, but he set his love on us and showed us how much he loved us by sending his son to shed his blood and to pay the price for my sin on the cross. He conquered death, he conquered the grave, he's alive. And one of these days, we're gonna see him face to face. What a day that's gonna be. But this morning, I, I, I've got, we're gonna get into First uh, Peter 3, message for believers. But hey, listen, just because you're in church doesn't make you a believer. If you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm inviting you, call on his name today. No greater decision, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. First Peter chapter three, uh, verse number eight and following talks about pursuing the good life. And that's where we are this morning is to pursue the good life. The declaration of independence includes the phrase life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but this morning, I, I really believe, I really believe that if we were to ask the question, uh, do you want to experience the good life? Do you want to experience the good life? In fact, in our passage of scripture, if you read ahead, 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to go from 8 to 12, uh, but in verse number 10, it talks about that. It talks about this good life, uh, and, and I would say that most of us would, would answer the question and say, I want to experience the good life. I really do. I want to experience the good life. And in fact, J Jesus Christ, the Bible says in John chapter number 10 and in verse number 10, John chapter number 10 and verse number 10, for the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The good life. What does it look like? How is it experienced? Uh, uh, and, and so I, I just, I, this morning, I just want to throw it out there because Although it's available to all through Jesus Christ, the good life is available, the abundant life is available. It's not automatic. Uh, in fact, when you're talking about the good life, it's, it's, got, it, it's something that's, that, that's experienced in spite of circumstance. Uh, because all of us go through circumstances. We all live life in a broken world and we all experience the same type of things. Although uh, each of us have unique difficulties that we go through, all of us go through difficulties. In fact, James says in James chapter number one and in verse number two, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of our faith develops perseverance and it goes on uh, from there. But, 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 but just simply saying this, that we're gonna go through difficulties. And so, and so the good life is, is not dependent. Listen, the good life is not dependent 
upon circumstances. The good life is not experienced just because I'm not going through bad days, because all of us are gonna go through bad days. In fact, I would even go so far as to say, you know what, I believe that in our weaknesses, his strength is perfected. And there are some things that we experience in the most difficult of days that we'll never experience on the mountaintops. Uh, just intimacy with God. And so, and so this morning, how do you, how do you experience <clears throat> The, uh, the, the good life. I, I, would say, I would say that it's all about the pursuit. The pursuit makes all the difference in the world when you're talking about life and how we approach life. Uh, your approach to life makes all the difference in the world. Now, Jesus Christ makes the difference, but then, but then, but then it's not automatic. And so, and so how are we approaching life? Well, there's a lot of ways that we approach life. Some people uh, approach life uh, uh, as if life is just simply something to be endured. Life is simply something to be endured. What do you mean by that? Uh, what I mean by that is you fall into these ruts where it's just, I just simply wake up, go to work so that I can pay my bills, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Next day, I do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Although we might throw some little experiences in there, but at the end of the day, I just simply work to pay the bills because I have debt. And so, and so life is just something to be endured. In fact, uh, when you're talking about the person that approaches life in such a way, it's so insignificant. Solomon said it like this. Uh, someone who, by the way, has experienced a lot in life uh, but yet, but yet at the same time, life is just simply something to be endured. Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse number 17, he says this, Solomon says, so I hated life for the work which had been done under the sun was grievous to me because everything is futility and striving after the wind. In other words, apart from Christ, if you read on through Ecclesiastes, the answer is Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, but, but, but how do we pursue Christ along the way. It's all about the pursuit. Life is something to be endured. For some, for some, when you're talking about the approach to life, uh, life is just something to be escaped. Uh, I just want an escape because it hurts. And we escape it in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to alcohol. Uh, some people will even go so far as to take their own life because it just hurts too much to carry on. And, and, and life is something to be Escaped. In fact, I would even take it a step further and say there are some people that escape through a lot of different ways. One of those ways is just simply getting behind a screen and playing games. It's a checkout. There's balance. And then there's others that would say, you know what? Life is something to be enjoyed. But understanding this, <laughs> I cannot thoroughly enjoy life apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You may be here today and you may disagree to which I would say, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't even know what you're talking about. I'm just telling you that apart from Jesus Christ, you'll never experience life like the one who gave it to you, wants you to experience it. But when you're talking about this passage of scripture uh, to pursue life, let me just, let me just give a, a, a little bit of a, a preface and, and then we're gonna pick up. <clears throat> so the preface would be this. Notice this, that in scripture, when you're talking about the abundant life, you're talking about the pursuit of life, the good life in verse number 10 of our passage today, the good life. You, you notice this, it's, it's, it's not at all about the material, it's everything about relational, the good life. 
It's got nothing to do, let me just preface it, it's got nothing to do with the material. Why do you say that? Because so many people feel like, if I just made more money, if I just had a bigger home, if I just had the right vacation, if I could just get out of town for a little while, if I could just experience something different, it's, it's, it's not found. Life is not found in the material. It's all about the relational. And that's where you're gonna find life. It's through relationships, through the relational. In fact, when you're talking about the material, hey, when you're talking about the material, if you really wanna experience life, it's not about the getting, but the giving. The material. When it comes to materials, it's, it's not about how much can I get, how much can I accumulate. It's, man, I, I want my life to be a blessing to other folks. And everything that I've received is just simply a gift God's entrusted to me so that I can be a blessing to people along the way. That's, that's where life's found. And so, uh, so we're gonna get into 1 Peter chapter three, verse number eight, <laughs> let's go. So the Bible says, <laughs> y'all all right this morning? To sum up, all right, Scotty, to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For <clears throat> the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And then it goes on from there. But just basically saying, hey, listen, there's a way to pursue uh, this life. There's a way to pursue life. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a summary statement. He says there in verse number eight, to sum it up, or maybe your version says, finally. And, and what he's saying is, hey, I've just been writing this section on relationships. We've been talking about relationships. We're talking civil relationships. We're talking relationships in the workplace. We're talking relationships with family. And now we're just going to talk relationships in general. However, I think that, that, that there's specific application to be made to the way we're interacting with one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but it goes on out from there. But he says this, he says, hey, here's, here's number one, make sure that you have a godly attitude. Here's practical principles for the good life. Practical principles for the good life. Number one would be <clears throat> a godly attitude, a godly attitude. He says, first of all, uh, uh, be harmonious. Be harmonious. And so what does that mean? It's, it speaks to, uh, to, to, to have the same think. Uh, in other words, what, what is it that we think alike? Uh, because he's talking about the unity uh, that, that, that brings us together. What are the things that we agree on? Well, we would begin by saying, hey, we, we want to agree that the Bible is the word of God, therefore it's authoritative. It brings us together. We think like one another. We want to approach the Bible as authoritative. That's one way that we uh, uh, can say that we do come together. And so when we do come together, the church does celebrate and we're grateful to God. In fact, when the Bible talks about the church, the church is, is, is such a blessing because we, 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 we come together from all different types of backgrounds. We have all different types of Ages. We have every tongue, every tribe, every race, although we don't have those represented in this local body. Uh, uh, I wish we did, uh, but we don't. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, that's what makes up the church body. There's great diversity in the church body. So he's not saying, hey, you got to be like everybody. That would just simply be uniformity. And uniformity is not what we're after, but rather unity. It's something deeper. Uh, it, it, what is it that brings us together? The Word of God, the purposes for 
which we gather together? What are the purposes? If, if we have unity in the body, if we have same think in the body, if what's most important to us is number one, uh, the authority of the word of God, the clarity of the word of God, that we're gonna do everything built upon uh, the word of God, <clears throat> then we would say this, that, that, that as we do gather together, we want the purpose to be, number one, I wanna exalt Jesus Christ. Would you say uh, this morning that your primary purpose for this gathering would be to exalt Jesus Christ? Would you say that would be one of them? I would say that's one of them, to exalt Jesus Christ, number one. I would say number two, to edify the saints, to build the body. As we gather together, that's one of the reasons why we gather together, to edify the saints, to, to build one, uh, one another up. Let us not forsake the assembling, of toge uh, assembling together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us continue. Uh, uh, why? So that we might stimulate one another to good works. That's edification, edification. God, help us understand why we gather together. Help us to have the same thing. That's what brings unity to the body, to edify the saints, to exalt the Savior. Number three, I would say the reason why we're gathering together in part would be, man, we want to evangelize sinners. We want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what's interesting? You know what's interesting is when you look at the church today, most of the time the church is not torn apart because of one of those three. It's a fringe issue. God help us to have the same think, to have the same think. It's, 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 it's all about being harmonious, harmonious. That doesn't mean that we don't celebrate the diversity, but there is unity, number one. But then number two, he says, be sympathetic. Uh, be sympathetic, uh, verse number eight, to be sympathetic towards others. What does that mean, to be sympathetic? Sharing the same feelings. You know, the Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter number four and in verse number 15, he says this, for we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus Christ, for we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are and yet without sin. What's he saying? He's saying Jesus Christ is sympathetic towards us. I think that the, the, the greatest picture of the sympathy of Jesus Christ happens in John chapter number 11. And John chapter 11, familiar story. You know the story of Lazarus where Lazarus died? Lazarus died, Jesus comes up on the scene He'd been dead for several days and Jesus comes up on the scene and, and he's greeted by Mary and Martha, the weeping sisters. And in John chapter number 11, the Bible says Jesus wept. What was that? I believe that was a picture of the sympathy of Jesus Christ. I believe that was a picture of the sympathy of Jesus Christ to experience the feelings of others. You say, that's Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? He's calling us to be like Christ. He's calling us, brothers and sisters, he's calling the family of God to be Jesus Christ with skin on along the way. Sympathy. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 12, verse number 15, Romans 12 and verse number 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Sympathy. You know, you'll never experience sympathy if you live life in isolation. It's relational. It's relational. It's, it, it's, the, ability, it's the ability to be able to come alongside of people. And, uh, and, and you know, so, sometimes we struggle with both of these. Sometimes it's one or the other, but sometimes it's both of them. 
to, to, to sympathize with people. Sometimes we take the word sympathy and we, and we think of those that are going through a difficult time. But he's saying, hey, not only, not only difficulties, but also the, the wonderful moments of life. To rejoice with those who rejoice. When someone's been blessed to say, man, praise God, I'm excited for what's going on in your life. Instead of, good night, he didn't deserve that one. <laughs> to rejoice with those who rejoice. To weep with those who weep. You know, sometimes we feel like I've got to have the right words to say. You know, you, go, you come alongside of a brother or sister or somebody that's struggling and, uh, and I don't know what to say. And you know what happens to us? Sometimes we're so uncomfortable with that moment that we just remove ourselves, And we don't ever really get to the moment where I can sympathize with somebody I can weep with those who weep. Serious, when's the last time you shed tears, not because of something that happened to you, but a brother or sister? He's saying, hey, sympathy, sympathy, be sympathetic, have a godly attitude, embrace that. God, help me, I want that, I desire that, I long for that. And you'll never have it, living life in isolation. God, help me to be sympathetic. And then he says, be brotherly to be brotherly. And uh, the root word that, that, that he's dealing with in this text of scripture, uh, phileo, talking about brotherly love. So, so, so he's saying, hey, be, be brotherly, be brotherly. What does that mean to be brotherly? That's a new level of love, isn't it? It's an, it's an incredible thing to have brothers. I, I'm one that has brothers. Uh, uh, First Peter chapter number four, let me read this verse of scripture and then we're gonna get in. First Peter four, verse number eight, above all, keep uh, fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. You hear that one? Uh, uh, so, so brotherly love, what does brotherly love look like? Be brotherly to those that you have uh, 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 that you come into contact with. Be brotherly. I, I'm one of, I'm one of uh, five children. I got several brothers. And uh, my brothers can be so stupid sometimes. I mean, let's just be honest. So can I, so can I, so can I. But, but can I tell you something though about my brothers? Can I tell you something about my brothers? You know what brotherly love looks like? You know what brotherly love looks like? You let somebody else that's not one of my brothers do the same thing that my brother did and I respond differently because I love my brother with a deep kind of love. I'm much more critical, much more harsh, much more I can't believe he would be so stupid that he would do that and sometimes even vocal. But with my own brothers, you know what that is? 1 Peter 4, 8, he said, love covers a multitude of sins. I don't mind exposing somebody else's stupidity, but this is family. And it says, it's not just your biological brothers, it's, it's your family, it's your brothers and sisters. Be brotherly, be brotherly. Be, they're family. Hey, don't embarrass the family, be brotherly. And then he goes on and he says, be kind-hearted, be kind-hearted, having a, tender heart. And that's really putting actions behind the sympathy. That's what kind-hearted is. To be kind-hearted is to put actions behind the heart. Uh, you know, looking for opportunity to show kindness. Looking for opportunity to show kindness. Sometimes what we do is we get so consumed with our own world. We get so consumed and wrapped up in our own self that I miss out on every opportunity that I have right in front of my face 
to be kind to others, to show kindness to others. I mean, I mean, it, it, how, do you, how do you even begin to go there? It, it, sometimes it's through a word. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a listening ear. Sometimes it's just time invested. Sometimes it might be to pay a bill. Sometimes, whatever showing kindness might mean to you in the moment. God, help me to be kind. It's never, it's never right for me not to be kind to people. Why? Because I'm a child of the king. Be kind-hearted to people. God help me. You know what we do? We get so jaded and our hearts get so indifferent. God help me and give me a soft heart. Please help me be kind-hearted to people. And by the way, This isn't, this isn't just limited to brothers and sisters. In fact, the recipients of the letter, if we are reminded, the recipients of the letter are living, many of them in isolation and seclusion, trying to hide because of the official persecution. My family has been murdered by the people that you're also calling me to be kind-hearted to. It's a high calling. God help me. It's supernatural living. Be humble in spirit. Be humble in spirit. <clears throat> you know, the Bible says in first uh, and Philippians, it's not first and second Philippians, just Philippians. Philippians chapter two, the verses three and four. Philippians chapter two, verses three and four. The Bible says this. <clears throat> Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. I mean, seriously, that's a, we, we, we've heard that. Many of us have heard that verse before, but to practice, that's another story. They're more important than me. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do, mere, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others, to be other-minded. And a lot of times what we do, again, is we just are consumed with ourselves. I mean, I, I'm, I'm taking care of me, myself, and I because there's nobody else that will. And the fact of the matter is, God will. He says, hey, I want you to be mindful of others, to be humble, uh, to embrace a spirit of humility. And so he's talking first about attitudes of the heart in verse number eight. He says, Have, embrace godly attitudes. God, help me, help me. Uh, because you're calling me to something supernatural. And so verse number nine, he continues on. And he says, godly actions. It's not just attitudes of the heart, but it's also the actions. And he says in verse number nine, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. And, uh, and, so, and so to have godly actions and reactions, godly actions and reactions along the way. You ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever been offended by anybody? I mean, that's a dumb question. We live life in a messed up world. We've all been offended. We, we have, we've all been offended somewhere along the way. You go shopping, somebody encroaches your personal space. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm in my little section the other day and this dude comes up right against me. You, you okay with me being? I'm like, no, not really, but okay. <laughs> Get cut off along the way. We, 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 get it. We, get, we get offended along the way. And you know what he says here? He says, hey, don't return insult for insult. Just because somebody did something that was offensive to you, 
Uh, don't think that you have the right to strike them back. That's, that's low living. In fact, in fact, when you're talking about our reactions to life, our actions and our reactions to life, uh, there's, really, there's really only a few planes that we live on. Uh, the, the, there's, only, there's only three planes uh, from which we can say, I'm gonna respond to this situation. Uh, uh, one of them would be, uh, I, I would call it the satanic level. You can call it what you wanna call it. Uh, but, 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 but to respond to someone's goodness with wickedness. You ever tried to reach out to somebody and been bit? <laughs> that's, a, that's a wicked response. That's, that's, that's a wicked response, number one. Number two, we can be good to those who are good to us and bad to those who are bad to us. You know what that is? That's a natural response. I mean, and, and we all have our nature, right? We're still dying to that old nature, that old flesh, but it's still there. And if we're not careful, we live life just on the natural plane that, listen, even a lost person can do that. Even somebody without the Holy Spirit of God and dwelling within their hearts, they can be nice to people that are nice to them and they can be mean to those who are mean to them. And Peter's saying, hey, listen, <laughs> you need to live life supernaturally. Again, the context, there's a lot of people wanna literally kill me. Do I kill them first? What do I do? He says, hey, you love them. <clears throat> make sure your actions that you return, even returning good for evil. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you. And you know what he's saying here? He's saying, I've got a high calling for you. I've got a high calling for you. Do you wanna know something this morning? You and I, you have never, ever offended anyone as great as you have Jesus Christ. And yet, you've never been blessed by anybody as great as Jesus Christ. And you know what he's saying? You be the same. You be the same to those that offend you greatly. Love them, bless them. I want your life to be a blessing to others. God help me, I, I want, I, you know, at the end of the day, I wanna be a blessing to anybody and everybody that I come into contact with. I pray that my life will be a blessing, I really do. I, I wanna be a blessing, I'm not always, I'm not always, but I want to. God help me to live life supernaturally, understanding that I have the privilege and the opportunity to be able to be a blessing. You know what, you know what, again, so many of us, so many of us, we just, we just want to say I'm blessed. <laughs> and we are, we are. But be a blessing, be a blessing. That's what Jesus Christ did for you. Go and do the same. God help me to, again, be a blessing. It's about our actions in verse number nine. But then in verse number 10, he continues and he says, hey, make sure you make this decision right here. You got a decision to make. All of us have a God, make a godly decision for the one who desires life to which I would say, man, all of us, we want life. We want the good days to love and to see good days. Here's what you got to do. Make a decision. 
Keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. And what's he saying here? He's saying, hey, listen, you want to experience the good life? Do you? Everything about you matters. Everything about you matters. And he says, first of all, make sure that your words, make sure that your words matter. Be careful with your tongue. Be careful with your words. Choose carefully how you speak. Uh, why? Because they are incredibly powerful. Remember, remember when you're a kid and, and you heard this, not just when you're a kid, but you, you hear it when you're adult, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. That's not true. I've never, I've never, never had a stick or a stone hurt me like words. Words. <clears throat> the weight of words, be careful. James chapter number three. James speaks to the weight of our words. James says this in James chapter three. Read the whole chapter, I encourage you. It's a great chapter on words, the weight of words. But James chapter number three and verse number five. So also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. In fact, James, James in, in this uh, passage of scripture, he talks about the tongue and, and he talks about the tongue. He says, man, it's, it's like a bit in the horse of, uh, in the mouth of a horse. In other words, it can turn something incredibly powerful, something so small, but yet it can turn and control something so large. That's the weight of words. Uh, he, says, he says it's like a fire. It's like the rudder on a ship. He uses all three illustrations, the rudder on a ship. Although sometimes, sometimes those words, we don't even see them, but they can do big things, the rudder on a ship. He says, just know that the weight of words is powerful. With your words, you have, listen, with your words, you have the power to destroy. You do. With your words, with my words, I have the power to destroy. We can. There have been many lives destroyed because of words. But you know what else we have the power to do? <laughs> Share life. We have the power to encourage along the way with words. How am I gonna use my words along the way? Am I gonna use my words for the good or for the bad? How am I gonna use my words? Be careful how you use words. And it's not just some, it's not trying to figure out the, the big things, it's the small things. I mean, when I think of the weight of words, I think of the weight of words as parents speaking into the lives of their kids or, or to younger people. You know, I'm proud of you, I'm proud of you. That's, that's big, words. I love you. That's big words. Encouraging them. Correcting them. Words. Teaching them. Hey, you know, you know what some big words that, that ought to be learned along the way? Please and thank you. <laughs> we're, not, we're not looking at, please and thank you. God help me be careful with my words. But make sure that my words and my ways, because see we have the, 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 the opportunity to share words. The Bible says this, with faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, and so people need to hear the gospel. Why? Because the apostle Paul said, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And he goes on from there. But what's he saying? He's saying, hey, listen, there's power in words. There's power in words. Power to change lives. But listen, Peter says it's not just the words 
It's also my walk. It's also my walk. Uh, why? Because sometimes I walk in a way that my words never get heard. As a believer, as a believer. So he's already been addressing how we're supposed to walk. But he says, he must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. God, help my walk to match my talk. Help my walk to be, to be marked with the attitudes that he's just spoken of. God, help me along the way. <clears throat> Godly decisions. I want my life to count. Verse number 12, he goes on. He says, here's, here's the motivation. Here's the motivation. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. <clears throat> it's interesting when you're talking about this. So, so in scripture, anytime you're talking about the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord, when the eyes of the Lord are mentioned upon them, it's because he's a father that dearly, dearly, dearly loves his children. I mean, if you have kids, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You got kids. You want to see your kids. You want to see them. Why? It's not just about checking up on them. I just want to see them because the joy that comes when I see them, I want to see them. I mean, I do. And, and the eyes of the Lord are upon those. He says in verse number 12, <clears throat> for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayers. Hey, by the way, righteousness is the key to the prayers being heard. In other words, if we feel like that I can just live like hell, but then Jesus is always ready to listen, he won't hear. He turns the deaf ear. God help me understand. <clears throat> the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. And so, and so as he's watching, why is he watching? Because these kids are bringing me honor. And I'm really wanting to watch them because I'm interested. I love them. I love them. Knowing that and knowing the life that he's called me to ought to drive me to prayer. Why? Because I can't live the life that he's calling me to live apart from him enabling me to live it. So God, help me. Help me along the way. Verse 12 closes. He says, <clears throat> But the face of the Lord, and anytime you're talking about the face of the Lord has everything to do with righteous indignation of God Almighty. The face, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And so my question this morning is simply this. Are you pursuing, are you pursuing the good life? It doesn't just happen. I mean, it doesn't just happen. Life happens, but the pursuit doesn't just happen, it's a decision. And so this morning, just the question is, are you pursuing the good life? It begins with relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it has to begin. Everything's built upon that. And so if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm inviting you to call on his name today. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only because of him that I can find true, true significance in the abundant life. It's because of Jesus. If you've not called on him, call on him, number one. Number two, are you pursuing? Maybe you're here this morning, you know that I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I know I've been born again, but I've just been living life, man. Enduring. I'm just enduring, but I really want to enjoy. 
Man, you repent, and God help me. God help me to be all that you call me to be. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer this morning? We're going to pray. And after we pray this morning, we're going to sing a song. And after we sing, doesn't mean it's just time to go, but maybe you hear this morning and you'd say, you know what, I really, I really want to pray with somebody this morning. I really want, I'd like, I'd like somebody to talk to me about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, if we can be here in any way for you, we are here for you. We're going to be hanging out down front here after the song. You come, be listening online, shoot us an email. Love to hear from you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us in spite of us. You've been good to us, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that we be found faithful. I pray that we, God, that we'd put a smile on your face. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I'm just asking today if you'd search our hearts. God, search our minds. Beginning with me, I pray for a broken and contrite heart over any iniquity. Oh God, please search us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for this opportunity, God, to respond. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.